0: It's Brother Dale once again of Gospel Repentance Ministry. So glad that you could join me. Remember the theme, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And... Once again, wanted to give you a reminder regarding my email address. It's questions at willyourepent.com. The toll-free number is 1-855-845-6799. That's 1-855-8, the word glory, and the number 9. Okay, well, I appreciate you coming out and listening uh, to this uh, brand new episode of Gospel of Repentance Ministries. We are, I guess, back again in the summer series. Wow, that was quick from just uh, last year. And anyway, what I wanted to do is share with you some of what I've been learning and studying in my personal Bible study or what some people will call their devotion time. And I am currently reading the book of Jeremiah. And if you know anything about Jeremiah, uh, he he had a nickname. And his nickname was the Weeping Prophet. And the reason why he was nicknamed that is because he had to give a very hard word to the um, children of Israel, in particular the southern kingdom, uh, Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, For those of you who are acutely aware of your biblical history uh, timeline, you know that by this time, by the time Jeremiah has been ordained a prophet. The northern kingdom of Israel, also called Samaria, had been taken captive by the uh, nation of Assyria, or the Assyrians, back in seven twenty-two B.C. So, Jeremiah's prophecies or his oracles were directly were directed toward the southern kingdom uh, only, and he served as a prophet from around 627 uh, to probably actually to the destruction of the southern kingdom by the Babylonians in 586 BC so you're looking at a ministry of 40 years or so so he was ordained as a prophet by God back in the first chapter of the book this the time of jeremiah's preaching was one of the darkest times in israel's history because they had become totally apostate they were idolatrous they were unfaithful to god and when a nation or individuals are unfaithful to god god look looks at that as as prostitution because it's you're being you're being uh, unfaithful it's infidelity it's being a harlot it's being a whore and th- those are some of the actual words that are used in the bible regarding israel's treachery of their god and these are the things that their ancestors were warned about way back during the time of moses that if they if they re- obeyed God, then everything would go well with them and they would enjoy the, uh, the abundance of the land that God has given them. But if they disobey the Lord and they f- follow after strange gods and serve them and turn their backs on God and turn their hearts away from him, then he said that they, they would perish and that he would uh, dispossess them out of the land and scatter them to the four corners of the earth. And unfortunately the children of Israel, like typically of human beings, we are stubborn and pig-headed and don't want to do what God has commanded us to do and then wonder why things don't go the way that we want them to go. Because we have disobeyed our Creator. We have given God disobedience for His kindness. And so what I wanted to do is do something that I learned recently that is important for us to do as as believers we are supposed to I believe we're supposed to use the word of God and apply it to almost every situation in our lives that we can in other words uh, let me say it this way whatever we do we should measure that against the word of God to see if it is something that God uh, forbids or he allows or perhaps maybe It's not as clear to us Maybe it's a gray area I'll give you an example Uh, The area that tends to be Well, some people it's black and white But for me, it's a gray area Okay, the the whole issue of drinking In our society, particularly in the church If a Christian drinks Then they're considered to be carnal Or to be uh, selling out Or a sipping saint And some people who are very, very pious in their um, in their view of drinking will say that that is not something that we are allowed to do as Christians. It is sinful. And so therefore, for a lot of Christians, that matter is a black and white issue. For me, it is not because the Bible does not condemn drinking, but it does condemn drunkenness. Drunkenness is an obvious sin. Drinking is not a sin. You cannot find anywhere in Scripture where it says to drink is to sin, but because drinking can lead to drunkenness, it is advisable to either not drink at all or to be very moderate in one's drinking. And also, it's important to not give an offense to your weaker brother or sister in regards to. The liberties that we have in Christ, you follow me? I don't. I'm not going to go into that into this episode, but that is. Um, I wanted to bring that matter up because it is an issue that we need to measure up against the Word of God. You follow me? Okay. So anyway, when I talk about using the Word of God, it's important that we borrow the language of the Bible. All right. Let me give you a biblical example of a person who did that. Paul did that. In the book of Romans, uh, chapter 9, verse 15, he he quotes from Exodus chapter 33, verse 19, which God had said to Moses when he was giving him the, the Ten Commandments. Uh, on the mountain, he says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now, Paul borrowed that language because the the verses there fit the discussion in which he was talking about in the book of Romans chapter 9 verse 15 he's talking about the whole issue of a sovereign election and predestination regarding Jacob and Esau and so he borrows from the Old Testament and inserts that verse into his discussion so that's what I mean by borrowing the language of the Bible it's important that we do that too and so what I wanted to do in the next few minutes is I wanted to share with you some of the things that I've been learning in the book of Jeremiah, one of the um, prophets of the Old Testament that, like I said, prophesied from the late 7th century to the early 6th century B.C., so a very long time ago. And what I want to do is talk about some of the things that he discusses regarding the evil and the rebellion of of the children of Israel and see, and and apply that to our lives today. I think not only as individuals but I think it's important to apply that in light of what's going on in our country here in the United States and how we as a nation have been unfaithful to God and continue to be unfaithful. And so if God punished his chosen people way back then then how much more should we fear the fact that the Lord can also punish us as a nation because of our unfaithfulness to God people that are prostituting uh, their lives before the Lord those they're, they're whoring after other idols they're worshiping false gods whether it be money, whether it be fame whether it be success whether it be other people whether it be leisure or whatever the case may be there are modern gods modern false deities that we today also worship and we need to be aware of that we need to be cognizant of that because God could decide to put our lights out he can do that God can do whatever he wants to do you can read that just from uh, Psalm 115 it says our God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases So, what I want to do real quick is, I want to look at a few passages of scripture, and I'm certain that the ones that I read, uh, we can take heart to either individually or collectively as a nation. I mean, we can look at our leaders and see what they're doing wrong, but also we can take a, a retrospective look within ourselves, look in the mirror, because that's what the Word of God is. The Word of God is a mirror, and When we don't measure up to that mirror i.e. the word of God then we have to make some adjustments that's why we look in the mirror to see what we need to do whether we need to brush our teeth whether we need to wash our face whether we need to uh, clean out our ears whether we need to uh, fix our hair or whatever the case may be so that we can look the way we're supposed to look we can look our best and that's what the word of God is compelling us to do to fix up the things that are wrong so that we can look and act our best amen so this is what i want to do right now i'm going to read some passages of scripture in jeremiah that i've recently have been reading and i want to share them with you so we're going to start with jeremiah in the fourth chapter okay jeremiah chapter four and the first verse i want to take a look at is verse 18 all right jeremiah Jeremiah chapter four verse 18 this is him speaking says When I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint, in me. And that is the incorrect one, so I apologize. We're gonna straighten that out. That's not the one that I wanted. And like I said, Jeremiah chapter four. So I'm gonna uh, get it together, and let's try it again. Or it says, your ways and your doings have procured these things unto you. This is your wickedness, because it is bitter, because it reached unto thine heart. And then verse 27 says this, it says, um, For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be desolate, yet will, I, make, will I, I will not make a full end. Now once again, he's talking to the children of Israel, and what's happening is that they're going to be invaded by the Babylonians. Everybody's heard about the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar the the invasion is impending but it's, but it's going to happen because of the unfaithfulness of the children of Israel so what I want to do is go to the next chapter we're going to go to chapter 5 and I want to look at another verse it says nevertheless in those days said the Lord I will not make a full end with you so the reason why the prophet says this is because God is going to wipe them out but he's not going to totally wipe them out and the question is why? Because God is merciful and because God made a promise way back to their ancestor Abraham that they would always dwell in that land. Even though he's going to temporarily dispossess them from the land because of their wickedness. They have defiled the land with their, with their sacrifices, with their adulteries, with their fornications, with their unfaithfulness to God. They have defiled God's land. And so God needs to cleanse that land. But in order for him to do that, he has to remove the people. Because they're the ones that's 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 defiling the land. You follow me? Okay, so let me go ahead and read another verse of scripture in Jeremiah. We're gonna go now to chapter seven. And nope, I'm not there yet. Chapter seven, I got it. And we're gonna go to verse. I'm gonna read verse sixteen. It says, Therefore, pray not for this people. Listen to this. This is this is incredible this is God commanding the prophet Jeremiah he's telling them do not pray for this people neither lift up a cry nor prayer for them neither make intercessions to me for I will not hear you they have, they're so far gone they're so decadent they're so apostate that God commands the prophet not to even pray for the people at this point in their lives they're incorrigible it means they're, they're beyond hope because God has already determined that he's going to Judge them, and the way he's going to judge them, is he's going to—he's going to have to wipe them out. He's going to have to uh, cause them to go away into captivity by the Babylonian nation, a nation more wicked than themselves. So it lets you know how dark of a time this was in Israel's history. This was indeed the dark ages, and this is. Jeremiah's Lamentation and I guess this pun intended because Jeremiah also wrote wrote the book of Lamentations which is the book that follows the book of Jeremiah he wrote both books and of course Lamentation deals more or less with the eulogy of the fallen city so once again that's Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 16 and then we're going to go to chapter 28 but thou shalt say unto them this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God nor receives correction truth is perished listen to that truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth did you hear that it says truth has in essence died and is cut off from their mouth that is a sad commentary ladies and gentlemen when truth is dead for you when you, we have no truth inside of you and it's cut off in other words you have nothing left but deceit you're in a bad way you're in the worst way that you could possibly be in it's not that truth is not available it's that for you truth is died because you refuse to embrace the truth you, you refuse to obey the truth now does this sound like the United States to you or does it sound like your individual life I mean this is an opportunity If you are a person that has rejected truth continually and you've decided that you don't want to hear it, that means truth for you has died. And if your life is spiraling out of control and things are going wrong, could it be that perhaps you're in rebellion against the God of your salvation, your creator, the one who loves you, the one that wants you to uh, enjoy a good life here on earth by serving him and by serving others? If you're out of pocket, if you're in sin, if you're in rebellion, and truth has died and is cut off from you, is that God's fault or is it yours? Think about it. This is a wake-up call. This is a wake-up message, not just for you, but for me as well. So, once again, we're borrowing the language. Even though God spoke this through the prophet Jeremiah some 2,600 years ago, it is very relevant to us today uh, J- June the 27th 2018 it's very relevant it is very right now type of language that we should take heed to so that's what makes the the word of God so wonderful even though it was written way back in antiquity it is so fresh and it's so and it's so right now it's like it was written in today's headlines you follow what I'm saying so that is the penetrating um unadulterated truth of the word of God it it talks to us right now even though it was written uh, so many centuries ago but it penetrates and it transcends uh, times and, um, and, <laughs> and seasons and cultures and it hits us right between the eyes right now that is a very very powerful and a very sobering verse to me I don't know about you but for the Lord to say that truth is perished and it's cut off from their mouth. That's uh, that's a sad commentary if that is where you're at. And I hope to God that is not. But if it is where you're at currently, you can repent. You can amend your ways. You can you can stop what you're doing that's wrong and, and get on your knees, your hands and knees, and, and pray to God for forgiveness of your sins. And if you're sincere and if you're honest and if you're true, God will restore you. Now, this is for those of you perhaps who, who know the Lord, perhaps but but you're in a backslidden state. You're in rebellion. Now, for those of you who don't know the Lord at all and you're listening to this message, the first thing that you need to do is repent of your sins. You need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ for your soul's salvation. You have to believe in what he did on Calvary's cross for sin so that you can have your sins uh, taken away, washed away. You follow? You follow what I'm saying? and that would be a wonderful thing and that and that is the only way that you're going to obtain salvation anyway is is by genuine repentance so if you haven't done that yet you need to do that now you need to do that today because tomorrow may not come your way you may not have tomorrow to get it right you only have right now to get it right okay so anyhow that is some of the things that I've been studying I wanted to share them with you and once again get into the habit of borrowing the language of the Bible to apply to your personal life and it's important that when you borrow the language of course is that you borrow the language and it's in the context and in, in what you're dealing with like in the case with Paul so like I said with Paul he borrowed the language from uh, Exodus chapter 33 verse 19 uh, when we read Romans chapter 9 verse 15 because is talking about the Lord extending mercy and compassion to whomever he wants. So it was appropriate for him to take that passage of scripture and insert it into his argument that he was addressing to the Roman Christians at the time that he wrote uh, that book. All right, Brother Dale here of Gospel Repentance Ministries. God bless you for listening, and I'll check you on the next episode.